This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Joy 94.9 Current Community Affairs The news and views you need to know You are on the line With Dean Beck Good afternoon. It's Thursday, the 28th of January, 2016. Great to be with you today. Thank you very much for joining me. What on earth is happening with our national health agencies? We've got the Australian Federation of AIDS Organisations, we have NAPWA, and we have the LGBTI Health Alliance. All of them, their future very much in question. Doug Pollard, former Joy 94.9 presenter, joins me on the line. Doug, welcome. Hello, Dean. Nice to be back. Great to have you on air again, Doug. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we uh, are in a situation where uh, these national agencies, uh, their future is very much in doubt, if at all. What uh, is your understanding of uh, the current situation with these three? Well, um, it's, it's not just these three. They're, they're symptomatic of what's happening right across the community centre. The Turnbull government can continuing the uh, Abbott government uh, tactic, basically, of quietly defunding or not renewing contracts or uh, putting new conditions on people um, to cut back um, what they're funding in the community centre. And unfortunately, the LGBT Health Alliance, FAO and others are in the firing line. As far as the, um, the Health Alliance is concerned, if I could just explain like most of the other organizations, they get two kinds of funding. They get one kind of funding, which is basically to run the office and the, and the various uh, pro, uh, and, and a separate kind of funding to run the different projects and programs they do. What they've lost is the core funding, uh, what they call the secretariat funding, um, which pays for the offices of the organization, the physical plants and everything else. Um, and they don't know at this stage if they're going to get any of the non-recurrent funding which comes for the various programs. And AFEO is in a similar situation. Now, these agencies receive, in addition to that, that funding, they get grants to run specific programs. Some, That's right, yeah. some, some of those programs are midstream. Uh, they're only halfway through their, their rollout, or they may have just been won. Uh, so how are these agencies meant to deliver on those grants if they don't have the core funding to uh, turn the lights on? Well, that's a, that's a very interesting question. Um, that what apparently the government's thinking is, uh, or so I've been told, that um, the funding for doing that should not come from the government. The funding for doing that should come from the communities they're servicing. So, in other words, we're supposed to pick up the tab for that. Um, the government will then pick up the tab for the programs they run. So it's an attempted outsourcing, if you want to look at it one way around, or it's sort of um, a sneaky starvation strategy, if you want to look at it in a, <laughs> another way. The bureaucratic term, I'm told, is a slow starve. And uh, when the agencies have been pitched against each other for tenders, 
Uh, one, I, my understanding is that between NAPWA and AFEO, uh, two agencies that uh, look after uh, the national sort of policy work with the HIV sector, uh, one has got core governance funding, the other's got core operational funding, and the, the, which is only half of the equation. And if they're, yeah. go, if they're going to get uh, the rest of the funds that they need, they have to somehow merge or work together. Now, they've been deliberately pitched against each other in this tender process. Uh, um, yeah, so, not just the gay organisations that have had to do that. No, though. no. And they're, and they're not just going up against gay organisations, other gay organisations. Let me make that clear. If, for example, LGBTI Health or any of the other of our peak bodies uh, is running mental health programmes, they have been, they are going to have to tender competitively for another round of funding for those programmes against mainstream mental health organisations. Like Beyond Blue, as, for example. Like Beyond Blue or Headspace or whoever else. Uh, if they're working in the social services arena, they'll be pitching against people like Uniting Care, Catholic Health, so on and so forth. Um, the, and also, the other thing that's happened is that the pool of funding for peak bodies um, has been shrunk drastically. Uh, there was only $30 million on offer. Uh, there were bids put in by the various organisations, including LGBTI Health and AFEO, um, for right across the whole sector, not just the gay stuff, for $150 million. So an awful lot of people have missed out. This comes at a time when all uh, agencies were put on notice that they'd have to cut back. I'm told the LGBTI Health Alliance, uh, for their core funding application, doubled the amount that they wanted pr uh, from previous years. Now... I'd like to know what the LGBT Health Alliance actually does. I understand some of the things that they've done on a grants basis, but that's individually granted uh, yeah. projects. But as an agency, what the hell do they do? Well, it's again, it's similar to AFEO. What they do, or a lot of what they do, is what they describe as policy work. In other words, they, in other words, they develop policy, they advocate for policies, they advise the government on policies, and the government has apparently made it very clear to them and everyone else they are no longer required to do that. The government will make up its own policy. Thank you very much. Um, so no policy development work is being funded, and that's why uh, funding has disappeared from these organisations. Which might work if the government get the right people to advise them on the policy, and if they don't, <laughs> God knows what could happen. Well, yes. I mean, you would think they would want to keep whatever expertise has been built up in these <laughs> sectors rather than leave them to swing in the wind, because what they're going to have to do now to survive uh, is to take the non-recurrent funding, and let's, let's make it clear, they, this project-based funding is usually short-term. It's like two years, it's like three years, so... As they come to the end of the life, as one person put it to me, the dominoes start falling off the table. Um, and you have to sort of buy new dominoes by putting out new applications to get more funding in. So what you have to do to keep your organization alive in those circumstances is to uh, pad your, your grant application so you can skim a bit off the top uh, to, as you put it earlier on, keep the lights on. And they all do it. And they all do it, but the trouble is that gives you absolutely no certainty from basically from month to month as to how much you're going to have or what you're going to be able to spend it on. 
Now, we can't uh, blame the government for not giving them enough notice. They've known for at least 18 months that uh, their time was numbered uh, and have uh, put in uh, or been given temporary funding twice, I believe. Yeah, the uh, problem there seems to have been that um, in the past, particularly, particularly under the Labor government, uh, there was a tendency to put in what you might call draft proposals rather than fully worked up ones in the expectation that the civil servants would then assist them to work up the full, uh, the full application, uh, which would then subsequently be granted. Uh, what's happened here is that uh, the government has withdrawn that kind of assistance and have taken people at their word on their initial submissions in a lot of cases. Yes, I've uh, I've helped out with some of those draft proposals previously, and uh, the funding is then given on that basis, and then it's scoped out and and uh, signed off on. Um, this message, Doug, has come through on oh four two seven Joy nine four nine. Send in your messages, please, on air at joy.org.au. Aged care money's all run out on June thirty, twenty sixteen. That's correct. What's your understanding whether they will be renewed and when? And more importantly, when will the community know? Because the thing is, none of this is official yet. Um, well, it's official that... Um, well, if it's official, they're not talking. Well, it's official that the LGBT Health Alliance have uh, lost their funding for uh, core services. I had a message from the ministry yesterday that said, the funding they applied for was not for service delivery, but for funding for the organization's administration and advice to the public on priority health matters. They participated in an open, transparent process and were unsuccessful. Right. End of story. Now, that's from the Department of Health. Now, I contacted LGBTI Health yesterday. Uh, I had a brief communication with Rebecca Reynolds, who's the CEO there. Uh, she, she'd been in Canberra all day, and she, she was not aware of this. Really? Yeah, because she got back to me and said, we're still in negotiation. Uh, we're still discussing. What did she say here? Um, uh, you, you said in your initial message to me, uh, you've been told that we've been defunded. We are presently talking to the health department about our secretariat funding. And whilst this is still happening, we are not in a position to make any statements. So she doesn't seem to be aware they've actually lost it. My understanding with uh, the silence around this issue is that uh, of the two um, types of funding, core governance and core operational, one of them has been decided on by government, the other hasn't. However, any comments made on that first process will influence the second round of funding. So uh, that's where we currently find ourselves situated with the likes of Napa and Afeo. To put it in plain English, they're all shit scared of stepping out of line and saying something that upsets people uh, in the government or the civil service in case that screws up the next, as you say, the next tranche of funding. But to take someone like Afeo, for example, I was talking to Rob Lake, who's the um, executive director stroke CEO there. He's actually finishing up with the organization in June. Everything is finishing up in June, by the way, uh, because that's where the funding ends. So we won't know about a lot of stuff till the 1st of July. That's when the new funding is announced for things. Um, their biggest contract is the gay men's prevention contract. That's that's their, the, the major part of their funding. They won't know whether they've got 
uh, that renewed until the 1st of July. So they're kind of a bit stuck on that one. Uh, they have got their core secretariat funding, but they've only got about 50% of what they asked for. This means um, that... Uh, they've, also, they've also lost their DFAT funding, because uh, this isn't just Department of Health, by the way. All these organisations get money from various ministries, like the Attorney General's Office, Social Services, DFAT, depending on what programme they're going. They've lost their funding from DFAT for their, all their overseas work. They were running a programme in Bangkok and another one in PNG. Uh, they're going to the global AIDS organisations to try and recover funding to cover that. But the government won't. Well, uh, later this year, uh, the Global Fund will be asking the Australian government for uh, its biannual round of uh, top-up funding. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. But, Doug, this means that uh, agencies like AFAO, national peak bodies, will be then drawing upon their member uh, organisations, the likes of which are ACON and VAC, to top up their operational uh, funds. Well, they're going to have to, because that's where the government thinks it should be coming from. But at the same time, I understand that there's some fairly feral scrabbling around behind the scenes because some of these programs, these non-recurring programs we've been talking about, the AIDS councils and other bodies are themselves bidding for. They've been pitched against each other? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, it's uh, not a very nice uh, space to be in if you're working in that sector at present, that's for sure. Uh, you certainly would. You certainly might very well be looking for another job. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, the, 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 the days of being able to make a career as a gay bureaucrat are, uh, well, let's put it this way, it's going to be a much smaller pool to swim in. This message has come through on 0427 Joy 949. So much for the new PM being progressive and gay-friendly. Well, indeed, this is just this is all the other government stuff. It's exactly the same as what they're doing to Medicare, uh, you know, the GP co-payment stuff and all that. They can't come straight out and say, oh, we're going to slash you, we're going to cut you. What they're doing is changing the rules so that, so that the, under the new rules you will end up with less money. And, and the big new rule from the coalition government is this thing called competitive tendering. Everything has to go out to competitive tendering. Which, you know, in theory sounds great. <laughs> well, in theory it sounds great, and I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people, I mean, I myself and you and other people have in the past been critical of the fact that some of these organisations seem to spend, uh, as, you, as you hinted at with the Health Alliance earlier on, um, seem to spend um, a lot more on kind of maintaining themselves than servicing the community. And once they're on government funding, there is a tendency to be true for the sort of stock, Stockholm syndrome to kick in. Mm-hmm. And they become more servants of the, uh, commu- of the uh, government than they do of the community. Yes, uh, uh, there's very, uh, a lot of people working for very little output at times, it seems. Well, as, as, as my good friend Rob Mitchell has said, you know, when you look around, what you're looking for is where the rubber meets the road, and quite often it doesn't. Doug Pollard, thank you very much for giving your insights to uh, the state of our national uh, peak bodies and uh, agencies. So we, uh, you're welcome. May I say just one more thing before I go? Yes, certainly. One, one, one quote I had from someone working in the sector when I said, why won't politicians provide permanent funding rather than current funding? They said, well... If they do that, they don't control you anymore, or even worse, you might actually say something. 
Doug Pollard, editor of The Stirrer. You can find out more about what he gets up to at thestirrer.com.au. Doug, thanks very much for joining us on the line today. You're welcome, Dean. Joy 94.9 is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.